Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 185, and it is titled 25 Life-Changing Hacks for Couples. So we are going to give you hacks for your relationship, hacks for your sex life. They are basically a lot of the things that you and I do, Mm -hmm. but there are also things, some of them that, you know, we've learned from, you know, just years of working in the field. So it is a fantastic list. If you could actually do every one of these, you would have a spectacular relationship, guaranteed. So take out your notebook or whatever you like to write on because you need to remember this or, you know, listen to the show over and over and make sure you share this episode with as many people as possible because we want everyone to experience great love, great passion for a lifetime. Mm. I'm excited. To be honest, we had to, I mean... We were on a roll and we stopped at 25. It's not an exhaustive list. We also tried to do a few different things. You will hear things that we do talk about a lot because, I mean, there are things that need to be said over and over. And since we learn through repetition, that's one of the way that it works. But we also tried to give you little things that may not be like the first things you think about. So hopefully you'll be surprised and learn a few oh, new tricks. there traits. are plenty of new things on here that you've probably never heard. Teach a, what is it? Teach an old dog a new trick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a myth. You can absolutely teach old dogs new tricks. Well, that's what we're about to do for everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a young dog, though. <laughs> All you right. might be a down dog <laughs> or doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give a big shout out to our sponsors before we get too crazy. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at Power and mastery.com so make sure you visit the site after the episode the link will be in the description below or simply go directly to powerandmastery.com okay so these are not in any particular order we we just sat down and brainstormed a list celine was on fire (laughs) she was adding them so fast like i was trying to skip down to the next line in the shared uh, doc and i was like wow i can't even keep up here you're so on fire (laughs) So, yeah, no, no particular order. We're just going to kind of go through them and give you kind of an explanation of what each one is. So let's start with the first one. Number one, greet each other with love. And that's really how this episode came to be, because I noticed this morning, at this moment, we're not waking up at the same time. I have a different morning routine that I do something uh, by myself that takes me like 45 minutes. And so instead of like, I was like, how can I fit this in my schedule? What I decided to do was to just wake up earlier and I just put on the alarm clock, go as quietly as I can, like a little mouse. Often I wake up just before that, so I try not to wake Kevin up. And then go downstairs and do all of my little ritual. And what I noticed is 
when Kevin comes downstairs later, it's like, we're like, good morning, love. Hi, how are you? And I was just realizing how amazing it was to be greeted with love. And I realized that it's not always how I grew up when I saw when my parents greeted each other or other people that I know. Granted, I know not everybody's a morning person. But there's something so special. You're not. I'm not a morning person. (laughs) And you greeted me with love. So the concept of that is really when you see your beloved, let that love show through your eyes, communicate with it for you, your mouth, and like seeing each other and have that that excitement. I sometimes, we're back to the dog and doggy analogy, but I sometimes compare that to, you know, when you have a dog, the dog is always happy to see you. When you get home, the dog's wagging its tail and it's like ready to jump on you and love all over you. Every time you come into a room, the dog is like, oh my gosh, you're here. I'm so excited. You're here. You're my playmate. Think about that attitude and, and show like show up like this for your partner. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, this morning we come down, we say good morning, you know, a we have kiss and hug, exactly a little kiss and hug. But we also do that every time somebody comes home. Yes, that's kind of one of the rules in our house: is if somebody's out and you come home and the other person's home, you stop whatever you're doing. You know, within reason, obviously, if you're in a meeting or something <laughs> like that, you know, like I can't uh, hold on, boss, let me run out. You know, but otherwise, we go out of our way to make sure that we greet the other person. Okay, let's move on to number two, share appreciation. If you have been listening to the Love Lab for a while, you know that we are big. We've been talking about this for years. This is one we talk about a lot. But why do we do that? It's because it's so important. Exactly. Because it works. That's why. (laughs) Super important to share the things that you appreciate about each other on a regular basis. Here's the thing, a lot of times, this is true for guys, maybe not as true for women, but a lot of times we think these things, but we don't voice them. So we might think, wow, she looks really good in that outfit today while we're in the middle of doing something, but we don't stop and take the time to say, oh yeah, I'll tell her later when I'm done with this thing, and then we forget, right? Later never comes. Right, later never comes. And then she won't come. (laughs) (laughs) Because you forgot to appreciate her. Well, remember, appreciation is lubrication. (laughs) We say communication, but yes, appreciation is also lubrication. So, um, yeah, just the idea of all just the little things. If you notice her hair, if you notice her outfit, if you're appreciative of the fact that she made a nice meal or on the other side, if if you appreciate the fact that he took all the trash out or he fixed the thing around the house that was broken or, or he picked up the clothes that are normally on the floor, you know, whatever it is, make it a point to voice those things and let the other person know that, you know what, you noticed And it makes a difference to you and you appreciate it. And little tip for the women who are like, well, he doesn't give me appreciation. Don't just wait until he does it. Ask for it. And you ask him, I always ask him, give me three things, five things, seven things. I mean, sometimes I give me 17 things if I'm really crazy. But the whole point is rather than waiting and thinking, oh, he's not giving me what I need or he's not appreciating me, ask for it. And then it's literally going to create a new habit and it's a new game. And it's a game we play all the time. We try to play it every single day. And if it's more important to her than it is to him, like it is in our relationship, then I often receive it more than Kevin does. But I also make sure to appreciate him in many ways that work for him. All right, let's move on to our number three. All right, number three, sleep naked. All right, I, 
first of all, I hate sleeping with clothes on because less now because I've been focusing on not moving as much, but I I tend to move a bit when I sleep, you know, (laughs) so I get all tangled up in whatever clothes I'm wearing. It's just (laughs) freaking uncomfortable. But the the point about sleeping naked isn't so much about your comfort level. It's about sharing that skin to skin contact as you cuddle and as you, you know, maybe touch each other when you wake up in the morning and you've got access to all the right bits. And it just, it really, really, really creates an atmosphere that leads to more cuddling, more touching, more fondling, more turn on. And you know, the cool thing too, is that it brings it to normal to be naked and that just touching each other doesn't have to always lead to something else. Yeah, that's Because a good for point a lot too. of people, they're like, oh, if she's naked and we happen to be naked together, then it has to go somewhere. Well, yeah, this is a big misconception about being naked. And this is what people who, who don't understand things like nude beaches and all and want to ban everybody from... Because you're naked, that must mean you're all having sex. No, being naked has nothing to do with sex. It just so happens that to have sex, you <laughs> have to get naked or at least partially naked. Just a whole... But... <laughs> That's all you need. Just pull your fly down and <laughs> watch out for the zipper. <laughs> Naked has nothing to do with sex. That's this is just as simple as that. So yes, there's no there's no expectation that just because you're naked, you're going to have sex. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But we will say this. We talk a lot about the constant state of arousal. This is one of those ways that you can create that constant state of arousal. The more naked you are... The more turned on you are. I mean, that's true. Especially when it's warm out. That's one of the reasons why I love summer, you know, because you'll be walking around either naked or like hardly wearing anything. And it's just every time I see you walk by, you could be mopping the floor and I see you go by. I'm like, uh, uh, sexy piece of meat. Uh-huh, I want it. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a number four. Number four is about get physical together. So, whether you like to work out, exercise together, go for a walk, but do a physical activity together. There's something about moving that energy, getting into your body and sharing that moment together that is really healthy for a relationship. Not in a competitive way. It's not like, hey, I did a hundred push-ups. How many did you do? I'm going to beat you at that, you know. Uh, But it's about also sharing sharing like different like goals and things, which we'll come back to at a later point. But maybe you each have a goal to lose a certain amount of weight or to build a certain muscle mass or to feel healthier in your body or be more flexible. So you get to encourage each other on that goal and support each other. And, you know, sometimes working out is can be challenging or difficult. You're not always in the mood, but having a buddy to do this with keeps you motivated and going. Yeah, it's part of our morning routine is that uh, one of the things we do every morning is we work out together in our little home gym. So We do. It's great. And in sometimes and in summer it's naked. That's true. <laughs> That's true it TMI, is. TMI, TMI. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Constant state of arousal. <laughs> All right, number 5 on the list, meditate together. This is actually a really great practice. I mean, meditation itself is a great practice. And, you know, I don't think we have enough time really to talk about all of the benefits of meditation in this particular episode. But it, not only is it amazing for you for many, many reasons, um, it's really great to do it together. Well, and 
here's why if you're not doing it you want to do it because you might be thinking yeah okay these hippies like I don't want to join that come on they can do it on their own when you make love love making is better when you're present when you're able to be in the moment when you can get out of your head but the process of getting out of your head is a habit that you create every single day by learning to tune out the thoughts and connect with your body with just being present and it doesn't just happen by accident through meditation you develop that practice you do a daily practice whether it's five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes half hour i don't care it doesn't matter it's through regular practice of of showing up to be present, observing your breath or whatever you're doing or listening to a mantra, a guided meditation, whatever you like. There are so many different styles, but it teaches you to get out of your head, to tune out the thoughts so that you can become more present. And mindfulness makes sex better. It tends tenex it. Yeah. So, you know, if you ask women, what is one of the number one things that they want during sex? It's a man's presence. And if you ask anybody, a man or a woman, what one of their number one challenges is during sex, it will be getting out of their head. Yes. Always is. We've worked with thousands of people at this point. It's nearly everybody has some challenge getting out of their head and getting into their physical body and really present for the sexual act. I don't know if this has always been like this, but it's definitely an issue in our modern society. Because it's far too prevalent from what we've seen. Like nearly everybody we work with has this this challenge. Well, I think we all overstressed. And that's another thing. Like when we're so stressed, you when you're stressed, you're not horny. So meditation allows you to reduce some of the stress. So that's physical exercise, hence why being like being physical together. So there's a lot more behind those hacks than just what we're sharing in this short little time that we have with you today. All right, let's move on to our uh, number six. It's about cultivating your own passion while you are in a coupleship and it's amazing to share everything together. It's still important to keep your own independent individuality. So having a relationship is about creating interdependency, not codependency. So it's about having the things we do together, but having the things that feed me. What is it? What are your passions? I don't care what they are. Give yourself time on a regular basis to feed your own passion because when your cup is full and you're flowing with this creative energy, with these juices, you will feel happier you will feel hornier and it will it will leak into your relationship yeah, well, not only that it's more attractive to your partner in fact <laughs> i just did a video on this on youtube not too long about uh, not too long ago about the fact that men have to be passionate about something because that passion comes through in who you are in your relationship and it's very attractive to women if women see you and you're like ah, i don't there's nothing really about life that I'm all that excited about. I don't really have any hobbies I'm passionate about. And it's like, eh, like, blah, totally unattractive to a woman. But if a man is like, I am absolutely passionate about restoring old cars. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about old cars. <laughs> she doesn't care about that. But what she loves is the fact that you're passionate about it. Because if you're passionate about something, then she knows that you can be passionate about her. Ooh, and it works both ways, by the way. Just to be clear. All right. I love number seven. Are right, you want to do number seven? I know we're going back and forth. No, you can it... go for number seven. I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number seven. The person who cooks doesn't do the dishes. Oh, yeah. You do. You do love this one because you love to cook. <laughs> And then I got to do all the dishes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, okay. 
So we're joking and we're laughing, although we are being serious. That is often how it works in our relationship. The point is, is to not put all the burden of, of a daily task on one particular person. So if somebody, you know, has the task of doing all of the cooking while the other person's probably on their cell phone or doing whatever it is they do, then when the meal is over, then the other person gets to rest and then you get to, you know, do the dishes or clean up the counters or whatever it is. And so you're, you're sharing the load. We're going to talk more about that when we get to the end of the list and we talk a little bit about keeper roles too because they're, they're somewhat related, those two. All right, we'll come back to that. Number eight, if you can, we know it's not possible for everyone, but have your own separate room that you can close the door and lock if you want to, but having a space that you call your own, having a space that you can decorate man for cave, yourself, the man she cave. Shed. Exactly. I don't care how you name it, but it's whatever, like this is like your space and it doesn't mean the other person can go in it. You can invite your partner in it, but it's something very special if you can have a, a place that is yours and where you can do anything that you want yeah you know and if you don't have a big house you can do double duty i mean we we literally filmed this show in my this is my man cave slash studio <laughs> slash guest bedroom like <laughs> it does kind of everything but you know that that's why my guitars are all hanging on the wall over here and there's other music equipment that's off the set that you can't see and this is my place where i come to just play music sometimes read a book you know watch a video or something like that. It's just kind of my little getaway space. And we don't have a huge house, so we don't have a bunch of extra rooms. I don't have a whole basement I can turn into my man cave. But, you know, how often do we have guests? Not that often. <laughs> how often do we, do we record videos and podcasts? Well, we do pretty frequently, but it's only for an hour or two here or there. And the rest of the time I get to use it as a, as a man cave. Yes, and it works. It's if you don't have a full room, have a corner in a room, have a place where you can have your own altar or something special that's dear to your heart. All right, number nine. Thank each other for everything. <laughs> you know, this this is, again, somewhat similar to appreciation, but it is different, right? Because in appreciation, you're saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate that you did so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's great. But in this one, it's more of like, oh, you put that thing away that I left on the counter. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being amazing. You know, thank you yeah. for making my life easier. Like, just it's just that that. Thank that you for having such an amazing penis. You know? <laughs> Could be that too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it it works. I mean, you know, as you can see, it's uh, you don't have to stop. You know. Well, the cool thing about this is, is sometimes when I teach men. In coaching, like the appreciation, you know, we call it the appreciation game, but the practice of that. Sometimes I go, oh, I got to think about things and I got to come up with a thing. And I, first of all, I tell them it's not that hard. Like, and I show them all the different ways in which they could find stuff. But this is even easier than that. You don't have to think of anything. If the person did anything even remotely, you know, cool, just say thanks. Like, like you walked in and you walked out of a room and you forgot to turn the light off and they turned it off for you. And you're like, oh, hey, thanks for doing that. And, and the thing too in the thank you, if you can make eye contact and just like take a half a second to just, I see you and I love you. That might lead to sex. It might. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, 
Don't wait to be in the mood, create the mood. So you've probably heard us talk about this. The misconception is we've got to be in the mood to have sex and we've got to wait until both of us and it happens that all the planets are aligned at the same time and basically it happens about never. <laughs> and so the idea is that you don't wait for that, you create the mood. And we have lots of other hacks and tips and techniques and episodes on how to make that happen. So uh, scroll into the uh, Love Lab podcast show to find episodes that, that cover that subject. But really understand that it doesn't matter whether or not you are in the mood, you just need to choose to do something about it. This is huge. This is one of the biggest sex life hacks that you will ever learn. I know it sounds simple and you're like, but I thought I needed to learn the triple, triple tongue twist, nipple, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> no, no, this is probably one of the biggest sex life hacks ever because too many couples, someone's like, oh, I'm not in the mood. Who cares if you're in the mood? Here's the thing, too, about women is most of the time they don't start out in the mood. I mean, this is really true. Like they got way too much going on in their head, especially if they're a mom or if they work, which is basically every woman. She's either a mom and or she works, right? Especially in today's day. And it's too much going on in her mind. Like it's... And some moments reverse, like we don't feel the desire and the arousal until we are like pass we realize it later so mm -hmm. it's like you gotta really like give like if you know that about yourself understand that somehow your brain and your body connect differently and you just have to wait it out <laughs> and then suddenly we'll all click and you're like oh yeah i was aroused or i was open i just didn't really realize yeah, see, it for guys it's the other way around like we're horny we get a boner and we're like oh yeah all right let's do it but for women totally different they don't feel that desire first you got to get moving first and then the desire comes in. I, I wouldn't say every woman, but a lot of women. And not every time either. Yes. Remember, you know, women are constantly changing and flowing. But that is, that is a relatively true generalization. Yes. All right. Number 11. <laughs> Don't share constructive criticism. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a good one, too, because honestly, there's really no such thing as constructive criticism. There's no. There's criticism. That's all you hear. Oh, and, and, well, that, and that's, that's exactly the point. You said it right there. That's all you hear. Because the reality is, is, yes, there is constructive criticism. There are things that you can say that, you know, hey, maybe need to be said because somebody needs to change something or they could be doing something different or better. The problem is, well, the only thing they hear is the criticism. Yeah. And honestly, don't think about your partner as this pet project that you got to change and and improve it's not like home improvement is all you need to do not husband improvement or wife improvement or whatever that is uh don't focus on that honestly change happens better by appreciating each other and it's funny when people are like yeah but like he doesn't do this or she doesn't do that why should i appreciate her and i'm like watch when you have a kid or a partner, it doesn't matter. When do they change? When you nag them about the socks they left on the floor or when you tell them, I just really love it that you started picking up your socks more often. It's positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. And, and you know, if, if we're talking about children, they've done studies on this, which one works better and the positive reinforcement always works better. The problem with negative reinforcement, we don't have a lot of time to go into this, but it only motivates people to a certain point. In other words, it motivates them just far enough to not get yelled at. 
but it doesn't really create any lasting change because all they want to do is avoid the punishment. Whereas if you do it the other way around, it actually will create some lasting change because they want to always be in that place of like, I did a good job. (laughs) All right, we're getting like... About halfway through, so we're going to keep moving. So we've got number 12, apologize when you are wrong, and then let it go. A simple, I'm sorry, or simple, I apologize, and then both letting it go. But, but being willing to acknowledge I was wrong, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, or I apologize, goes so long. If, if you were watching the video, you probably saw me like my head going down and shaking. I was in a relationship in the past with somebody who literally she could not apologize for anything ever. Like, you know, there's a lot of times where where partners won't apologize for little things, but if they know they were really out of line on a big thing, they'll apologize, you know? So that's that's better at least, because at (laughs) least on the big things, you get some acknowledgement that, yeah, I fucked up, you know? (laughs) But I had... I had, I'm not going to say a name, but I had a relationship. She just, she could never say she was wrong, ever. She could never, ever apologize. The best you could get, like if you had hands down, 100% proof that what she did was absolutely wrong, like not, no gray areas at all, like black and white, you fucked up, she would just go silent. That, that was the best I could get. If she didn't argue back with me, I knew she got it that she realized she had fucked up. But the problem is it's terrible because it builds up massive resentment. Because even though I know that she's realized that she did something wrong because she's just gone silent and she's not arguing with me that, no, I really did it right. Like that was how I always knew. Once she knew that I was right, she would just go quiet. It still still would nag at me. Like, why can't she just say I'm sorry? Yeah, it's it's. It's a simple, simple few words. You know, you heard the saying, right? Do you want to be right or you want to be happy? And that's kind of yeah. where it comes down to. And ultimately, the simple I'm sorry or I apologize or I, won't, I was wrong, they just allow you to, to be happy and just to be at peace in, your, in yourself, within yourself and in your relationship. Well, that, that's something too. Not, I mean, I've generally always been the kind of person that does say I'm sorry, so... I don't really know what the other person's feeling, but I have to imagine that it's having a negative impact on them as well. Of course it is. Because they know they have up and they just can't say it. Ah, it's a terrible like, place You to know be. It's, it's, it's totally digging at them as well yes. over time. Yes. All right, let's take a quick break here for um, another little uh, invitation to you, our dear listeners. If you are a committed couple and you feel stuck in a rut and you love, by the way, all of the life hacks that we are sharing with you, we've got way more than the 25 that we have put together here. And we can help you bring the passion back between the sheets, have great sex and move out of the average couple into the power couple that you are. So if you give us 90 days, we can, we'd like to invite you to join us into our highly sex power couple platinum program. And we can help you to be synced up sexually mm, and have more passion and purpose in life. So go to celineremy.com forward slash passion to learn more about our program. We can't wait to work with you. Oh my goodness. We are only at number 13. I know. So here we go. Okay. Let's, let's talk less. Can we do but, that? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> That's hard for us. We can just talk a little faster. How about that? <laughs> Number 13, always expect that your partner is doing their best. This is a good one because 
a lot of times we just get annoyed at people for the things that they do, and we never stop to put ourselves in their shoes and think about, wait a minute, what's going on in their life? What's really happening with them? And are they really trying? And, you know, if you have a good partner, they're most likely trying. Even when they do F up, they're most likely trying. And you can't really be mad at somebody if they gave it their best and they still F'd up. Like, you can't, you know? And I love to the idea that you seeing the best in the person, right? And I think that's even in another point where it's like, rather than like, oh, he's always this jerk or she's this. It's like, no, expect the best from your partner and, and know that they, they're really doing it. Number 13, 14, you are on the same team, not oh, playing opposite teams. This is huge. <laughs> this is so huge because so many of the couples that we see... They're, they're literally, it's like two opposing teams in the stadium. Like the stadium is the house, yeah. but you got two opposite teams competing <laughs> all the time. This is not how any intimate relationship is supposed to be. Whether you're married or you're just dating or you're just casually fucking, it doesn't matter. This is not how a relationship is supposed to be. You need to be on the same team. And if you have kids then you really got to be on the same team because those kids will split you every opportunity <laughs> they can get to get their way. You have to be a united front on the same team. Doesn't mean you have all of the share, share same op opinions and views on everything, uh, but it's that, that unit, that strength that comes from being united. And sometimes it's okay to be united in one viewpoint that may not be yours because it's important in that moment to show the united front. Yes. I mean, this is why you have, you know, boards of directors. You think they all think the same thing all the time? No, but they're a team and they're working together for a common shared goal. Mm. You're already talking about one of the things we have there. <laughs> we are going to number 15. Oh, yeah. Give what you enjoy giving. This is another great relationship hack. Okay, so what do we mean by that? What we mean by that is that, you know, you should always be giving to your partner. But a lot of times people think it's a chore. You know, it's like, oh, or they're doing it just to get something back. Like, here, I'm a guy, I'm going to give you a back rub so that hopefully you'll get turned on and you'll have sex with me, right? <laughs> like, this happens all the time. And that's the wrong reason to be giving. So in your relationship, you should be giving to your partner right? And your partner should be giving to you, but you should be giving things that you actually enjoy giving. If you love to give massages, then give massages. But if you hate giving massages, don't give a massage. Give her a gift certificate to go get a massage and give to her in some other way that you do enjoy. Yeah. And the thing is, when you give what you enjoy giving, you never come to a place where you like, I don't want to give anymore. It's too much. And also, that, like, you don't have to have expectations that if I give this, he has to give it back to me the same thing. It's like, yeah. no. It's like, what is the thing that really lights you up? What brings you that element of joy? This is why I'm so good at oral sex. Because <laughs> I love giving it. This is why I'm so good at oral sex. Because <laughs> I love giving it. It's true. You are. You're very good at it. <laughs> and it's true that you are good at it too. So absolutely. <laughs> just being silly here. 
All right, number 16, have shared common goals. Yeah, this is really big in a relationship is that you have some shared common goals. Like, what are your goals together? Is it that you want to have kids? Is it that you want to build a business? Is it that you want to own a certain home, live in a certain place, travel to certain places? Like, whatever they are, these are the types of things that really keep you going together over the long term is that you have shared goals that you're both working towards. And that kind of leads us to number 17, which is to have a larger purpose for being together. So you have the goals, the short-term, long-term goals, but you also want to have something that's bigger than that, that larger purpose. And this is really important in long-term relationship. At first, you can sustain yourself on water and sex, really. That's all really you need, you know. It's like, oh, I'm so high from the endorphins and all of the hormones that it's are coming through. all I need, through. a little water, a lot of sex. Exactly. But if you've been together for a long time, then you know that things do change and then life happens. And having a larger purpose, and if you've done any like self-development work or working on your business and stuff, they always ask and start with what's your why? Why are you doing this? And you want to bring that same principle to your relationship. Why are you being together? What's the larger purpose? Because you will experience difficult times. And that deeper why, that deeper reason is what makes you stick together even when things are tough. And it's got to be a good why because, <laughs> why, seriously, because, you know, couples that have been together for a long time, sometimes the why is because, because uh, I don't have any money and I can't not be here. Be, you know, this is what women think a lot of times when they're stuck in relationships they don't like. Like, well, why are you in this relationship? Well, because... He's a good provider. Because I raised the kids all these years. I don't have a degree and I never don't have any job experience and I can't really leave. And I'm kind of like, that's not a, that's not a good why. A good why could be you know, maybe you've been together for a number of years, but you both agree that you really want to not only have children, but raise awesome children. Like that's a shared common goal that you have to raise little human beings and turn them into good people. You know, <laughs> like that could be it. It could be you want to build a business together. Um, it could be... that. Just the fact of you being together is adding more positivity into the world. Yeah, we so we had some friends that that was that was how they decided whether or not they should stay in relationship or not. They said as long as us being together brings more good into the world than not, then it, we should stay together. But that was what their shared goals like. They wanted to positively impact the world by being together. After about a decade or so, when they realized that wasn't really happening, they said, "You know what." We still love each other and it's all great, but we're not having that impact anymore because of the way we're relating together and they chose to separate. But that's a great shared common goal. Okay. Number um, 18. Number 18. Have a date night. Oh, we talk about this all the time. We can go by this one pretty quickly. because Well, and we just did a whole show on it just a few weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can go back to listen to like why you should have a date night and all of these things because we talk about it for 40 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely listen to it. If you weren't sure, you will be by the time you finish that episode. <laughs> Number 19, commit to regular sensual time. And we wrote sensual times, not just sexual, but to time where you are naked together, playing with each other's bodies without expectations. Ideally, it would be nice to have some sex because ultimately, I mean, that's what it is to be in a relationship with somebody. Otherwise, you're just friends. Um, 
So, but every, every relationship is different, but committing to regular time that you cultivate, wherever you call this, your tantra time, your sex time, your sexy time, like, I, I don't care, but it's about putting energy into that part of your relationship because it's so easy to get lost into all of the different roles that you play. I am a mom, I am a, uh, I am a lawyer, I am this, I am that. Uh, and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm a wife. And then it's like, oh yeah, we, we're lovers. Lovers, what's that? Like, I, we totally forgot about that. So you want to have that and commit to that time regularly. And I know for some, it sounds not sexy to have to write it down and to put it into the calendar. But our lives, we live by our calendars. If it's not in our calendars, it doesn't happen. And so if you are noticing that your sex life is not happening the way you want it, then start by putting it on t on the calendar and start there. <laughs> and then Nirbala is all, you know, you don't have to go to penetration, just go for like naked massages or oral sex or just sensual touch and then see if there's anything else that can come from it if you want. Mm -hmm. Okay, number 20, have keeper roles. This is somewhat similar to what we're talking about with the dishes versus the cooking, but there is a distinction here that is different. So way back on the show, we had a couple on called Rano and Sierra, and they're the ones that use the term keeper roles. We kind of had an idea of that, but we never really formalized it in, in that way. So giving them a, a, a little shout out for that. But basically what it means is there are certain things that each one of you, it's sort of your responsibility to take care of. And now why this is such a huge relationship hack is because when you have it clearly defined, then there's no, oh, I thought you were going to do it. Oh, I thought you were going to do it. Well, you usually do it. Yeah, but I was busy doing like, you just know that you, this is your thing to take care of and you just do it. That way you don't have to do the nagging thing. Like I keep asking you to do the thing, the thing, you know, it's like, no, you know, like for me. I'm, you know, this is so typically, you know, man, but like I take care of all the dirty shit outside, you know, like it's my job to, you know, clean up the dead animals or to take out the trash. Or Did the... you like yesterday how I, I had these indoor plants that are starting to like not look so good? And so basically what I did is I put them outside and I said, well, now they're yours to take care of because it's the outside and you're the keeper of the outside. Right, right. So, but, but that's the thing is by, by doing that, by making it clear, you know, who's going to take charge and responsibility for what thing, you don't have any of that resentment that builds up because things aren't getting done or maybe not getting done the way that you thought they should get done. Like that's another part, right? Which is, That because I'm the keeper of a particular task, I get to decide how it gets done. That's true. And you decide what tasks you want, because in that particular couple, I think Sierra really liked doing the trash and stuff. So it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't have to be like gender uh, specific keepers. Like, What yeah. is it that you love to do or that you at least... That doesn't bother you because let's be frank, taking care of a house and a household, there are things that need to happen that you may not really, really want to do, but there are things that you might be okay doing. Well, and that's the thing is, so you get to choose and you get to pick the ones that, that you like doing better, which means you're more likely to do them. So for, for instance, I don't necessarily like scooping up dead animals and taking out the trash, right? Really? <laughs> However... <laughs> I hate vacuuming. Like, I, I just hate it. It's just such a tedious, annoying thing. Nobody has designed a vacuum that a man wants to use. Trust me. I know, I know exactly what I would design, and that would make it so much easier, but I don't have time to design vacuums. So, so I would take the trash task over vacuuming any day of the week. And I'll take vacuuming because I don't mind it. 
See, that's how it goes. See, yeah. see, that communication, this is something that we sat down, we shared different things, and we're like, what needs to happen? Do we need to do it all? Do we? Can we outsource some of these things? Because that's another thing. You don't have to do everything yourself. You can outsource things. And then with what's left, who wants to take care of what? And that's how go. we came to that. Number 21, don't argue about things you don't care about. This is huge. This is huge. Some people get energy from arguing, and that's not a healthy way to get the attention that you seek, want, and need. Um, and really, in a relationship, if you're realizing that you could really let go about this, and it's not something that you care about, let it go. Let it go. Stop arguing. Like Save your energy for things that truly matter. Yeah, for sure. You do not need to draw a line in the sand over stupid shit. Like You, <laughs> you really don't. Okay. Uh, next, 22, have code words to diffuse arguments. Th- this is actually really good. So if you've had a discussion already and there's something that tends to come up over and over again and you've talked about it and you're aware of it, you could say, hey, okay, the next time this comes up, how about, you know, I just say... Muskrat, Jack, muskrat. (laughs) But we had the example where um, I tend to spin and get too anxious with things or overwork, overstress myself, and it's totally self-created. Now, if Kevin, don't don't tell him your code word though. Make up a different code word. (laughs) We can't have that code word out in public. (laughs) Okay, all right. I won't say the code word then. But just muskrat. It's a generic code word. Meet right. the parents, by the way, if you don't get the reference. Uh, but the thing was, I realized that if Kevin comes in and tells me, okay, you're stressing yourself out, this is not going to work. What does it do? It keeps me more stressed and I'm mad at him, then it doesn't work. You know, that's, just, that's the point. If you can't say, even if you've had the discussion before, <laughs> like let's just say, you know, the person happens to, I don't know, always get angry at a certain thing that happens. You can't say, oh, there you go again, getting (laughs) angry about that thing. Because the first thing it does is trigger, instantly trigger. And then you can't have a communication. But since we've had this, I could just simply say, muskrat. Red banana. (laughs) Whatever you want it to be, it doesn't matter. We chose something that was actually funny and that is for us and that's that's one of the thing when when you have all these little code things too you feel like you're a team it builds like you know you have a whole vocabulary that's your own well yeah and the, the thing with our code word is because it's funny that when i do say it to you you it totally makes you stop and laugh and that diffuses the whole like getting in that manic mode it, that can it happen it does and so try it because it really works it will just stop the pattern it interrupts and that, any interruption works well that's exactly what it is it's a pattern interrupter yes that's that i mean technically from a psychological point of view or nlp point of view it's a pattern interrupter so uh, give yourself permission to go crazy on that all right we're coming to our last uh few ones here so number 23 this is a little bit more maybe for the guys but uh, well for the women for the men but have a honey to do list so you don't have to nag him and usually i find that these type of lists work best for uh the guys and you just put down all the things that you want done and then you can just let him take care of it when he wants. I have a honey-do list for you as well. You do? You know what's on it? Sex? Me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I, and I take good care of my list and I, I make sure I do it often. That's right. <laughs> you check a lot of things off that list. <laughs> um, but again, the, the whole idea is that 
you have to learn to let go. You have to let the other person be who they are and do things in their own timing, even if it's not your own. That's one of the things that you have to learn in a relationship. And you know, there are multiple ways to do the same thing. And even though we always think that our way is the best way, it's okay as long as you get there. If the route they took is different, as long as you get to the destination, that's all that matters. But I find that the lists also can help us. Also with the list, uh, you know, maybe you have a, we can only have five items at a time rather than like there's 87 items that need to be taken care of because that can be overwhelming. But the good thing about the list too is that you don't have to go and interrupt your partner when they're in the middle of something or at an inconvenient time. And then they can just be like, hey, I've got energy or extra time. I want to do something for her that will make her happy. Is there something on the honey to-do list? And speaking of lists, because we don't really have it in here, one of the lists that I found worked really well was to do a romance list. And so I had put together a document with all the things that I considered romantic so that, and that was at the beginning of our relationship. And, you know, now that we're like six years in, Kevin hasn't even opened the document in years, but at the beginning, it was a good help for him when he felt like I want to do something romantic for her. And I'm not quite sure you would open it or get inspired by it. Now I know you well enough to know what things you like or think are romantic. But early on, it was good because, you know, every woman's different. Like what you think is a romantic gesture, another woman might be like, whatever, you know, and vice versa. So, yeah, it was very helpful in the beginning. Okay, number 24, commit to the relationship fully. Ooh, you know, this is another one that we see a lot where, you know, people say they're committed to a relationship. But when you look at their actions, their actions don't show that they're really committed. They have one foot in, one foot out. They're still looking uh, if the grass is greener somewhere else or they keep an exit open somewhere. It's like the song says, I got one foot on the platform and the other one on the train, right? You're, you're You're always leaving a little wiggle room there. That's not how a successful relationship works. In a successful relationship, you literally burn the boats, right? So you know... All in. Exactly. You know the story about right, when the when the army showed up on the shores, the general burned the boats so that the people, the soldiers would have no choice. It's it's fight or die. Like, and that's, I'm not saying fight or die in your relationship, <laughs> but the point is, is that you, you, you burn the boats, you close the doors so that you have no choice but to do everything you can to be successful. Yeah, that's powerful. And it can be scary. And unless you're with the right person, if it feels too scary and you don't want to do it, that might be a sign that it's not the right relationship. Mm -hmm. Number 25, last on our list for today, be honest. Above all, be honest. Yes. Radically honest, compassionately honest. (laughs) But be honest. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's fantastic to be able to be 100% yourself with your person. And this is also what honesty is. Be yourself fully. Um, and, and also just don't hold things back. Don't hide things. Be honest if something is not working for you. Like have that communication uh, and, and just be willing to go to the places that even don't you know, don't look as good. Yeah, and if you're a guy, this doesn't mean dump all your emotions all over your woman. But I'm being do, honest. Do I look fat, honey? Because I really feel insecure, and I really this, and I really that, and I'm dumping it all. That's not what it means. It's not what it means. No. Do I look fat in this outfit? No. In fact, that is the most slimming outfit you own. You look amazing. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about, about being honest? <laughs> okay, that was a little bit of a joke. But guys, you see... Seriously, you know, if a woman ever, ever, 
ever asks you if she looks fat? There is only one right answer to that question. No. Well, I don't know. It's a good one. We had made a video years no, ago. I remember no, that. No, no, no. You cannot I, say she looks fat. No, you're right. You can't say she looks fat. But you could say, this is not the most flattering outfit. You could say that. And that's, that's honesty. That's about as far as you can. You cannot <laughs> say she looks fat. You could say, you know what? That's not my favorite outfit on you. I like the other one that you wear a lot better. Yeah, and you look so sexy in that one. Yeah, I'll yeah. rub it in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So honesty, honesty all the way. Is my penis too small? Well, you know, honey. <laughs> I really like that dildo, that 10 inches dildo that we bought. No, just kidding. Okay, this is the end of the show and we're no, getting a little crazy. No, okay, yeah, but you, you, now you got to tell them how you really answer that question because sometimes guys will ask, is my penis too small? Yeah. So how would you answer that question? You know, um, I would I would share all the ways that I'm satisfied with the penis. Okay, that's a good that's a good start. So first of all, I mean, you've had a range of different sized penises. If this is truly the smallest one you've ever had, then you can simply say, like you just said, which is here's all the ways you know that it works for me. If it's not the smallest you've ever had, then you lead with, oh no, I've had smaller. Of course. And then, and you know what? Those were okay as well. And here's all the ways in which your penis does work for me. Or you can be like, you know, I've measured and my G-spot is only three inches deep. So you're like double that. So you're good. Yeah. I mean, the average male penis is five inches. And yes, the average G-spot is only, you know. Like three to four. At, at the most. Like yes. maybe, maybe as far back as five. But yes. still the average penis is going to hit that, right? You know? So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You'd have to be a pretty enormous woman because by five, you're already like cervix level deep usually. That is correct. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But, but anyway, the point is, is that, yeah, that, so now you know, <laughs> women listening, if a man ever asks you if, if his penis is too small, now you know how to answer that question. <laughs> and she ever asks if she's too fat or if it makes her look fat, you know how to say that. That's right. All right. <laughs> we made it through the entire list of 25 things. We talked really fast and now we need to go get a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> but we do hope that it was helpful and that you got some good pointers and, um, and new hacks. And please put them together, like put them into actions because this is really where it makes the difference. It's one thing to know something, but it's another to do it. Oh, yes, that is very, very true. All right, everybody, we hope that was helpful. That is all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>